So this day of the year, right, this is the end of 2017. And, you know, when I think back on this last year, I thought, wow, what a year God has given us. So many awesome things have happened. So many signs of his goodness and his power and his love. I mean, if you're a part of our church family, you know that, right? There's people whose lives are being touched here all the time. And we're just like in awe of what God is doing. Uh, but I'm thinking about 2018. And I've been having this whisper. I think it's from the Lord. Uh, this whole last four months or so, I've been hearing this whisper saying, 2018 is a defining year for us. It's a bigger year. It's a year in which God wants to do greater things in and through our lives. Someone was driving here to our church today, and they showed me a picture. There was a rainbow over our church as they drove here today. Remember, the rainbow is God's idea, right? That's God's idea. It's a reminder of covenant. And I think it's just one of those extra signs, maybe, of, of God just saying, yep, I've got my eye on this city and this place and these people and these churches. And uh, we are all about seeing Jesus touch many people's lives here. So we're looking forward to a new year coming up. And hey, I am looking forward to today and the message. We thought we'd change it up a bit. You guys like change every now and then? Especially today, right? We're changing it up a little bit. We're going to have a little different approach to the word being preached. We've got three young, awesome leaders from our church who are just full of a message from God, and it's going to burst out of their lives. And their names are Nicole Jones, Greg Wimmer, and Ryan Isfeld. And I'll profile them in a bit here but it's going to be an awesome, awesome day together. And uh, as a church, we're committed to releasing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That is our vision, right? And so when you're releasing the kingdom, that means you also need to empower and release leaders. And we are raising up a batch of world changers here, right in this place. And we're so excited about who they are and what they're doing. There's many of them here, not just these three, but there's all kinds of people who are saying yes to God's call on their lives. So these three friends... Uh, Nicole and Greg and Ryan, they're going to be bringing a message from John's Gospel, chapters 14 to 17. It's called the Upper Room Discourse. You know that, right? Upper Room Discourse. When Jesus met with his followers, his world changers, his disciples, and uh, the message they have is a message that calls us to something even greater. So here's the thing. When these guys are up here speaking, um, they're putting it all on the line. They're leaving nothing on the table. Um, and they need our encouragement. They need our affirmation. They need our our enthusiastic support. So here's the deal. Whenever one of them comes up on the stage or goes off the stage, I'm going to ask you to cheer really loudly. Just give it up for them and just say, you know, way to go. And uh, we'll encourage them that way. Now, to warm up for that, because God has been so good to us in 2017, can we thank God and cheer for God? Can we say thank you, God? Let's cheer. All right? Yeah. Woo. Yeah, yeah. He is worth celebrating. He's an awesome God. All right, why don't you guys stand up. Let's say hello to our friends beside us. Welcome them. Say Happy New Year and get ready for the message. All right. So the call of God on our lives is a call to something greater. He is really wanting us to be wildly open with our faith and our abandoned trust in him so he can do awesome things through our lives. And that's the theme of this message here coming up. And in a moment, Nicole Jones will be up here to kick it off. Now, Nicole Jones uh, just got back uh, a few months ago from South Africa where she spent the last two years of her life in mission work and part of a relief organization uh, that was called Seed of Hope. And she was involved in administrating 
a whole outreach program called Farming God's Way to the people of South Africa, to the Zulu tribe. So she's been pouring her life into the Zulu people for the last two years and helping them get out of poverty and into a relationship with God in which they trust him for all the things that God can do in their lives. Nicole is one of our girls. Uh, She graduated from the University of Ottawa several years ago. She's got a degree in social science and international development. She lived in Cambodia for a year, by the way. Some of you know that. And uh, she's been in Colombia and other places on the planet, too many that I could mention in this moment. And she's engaged to Phil Kanda, and they are getting married this spring. So congrats on that. That's awesome. Yeah. And recently, she's taken a role with EMCC, uh, Evangelical Missionary Churches of Canada, in the area of global awakening of people uh, to the great call of God in their lives. So give it up now for Nicole Jones. Wow. Wow. Okay, okay, relax everybody, goodness. This is more like a rock concert than a Sunday morning. The Britney Spears mic and the uh, praise, anyway. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to say on behalf of all three of us, thank you for the opportunity um, to speak to you today about what God has been saying to us through reading through the Upper Room Discourse and as the three of us have reflected on 2017 and heading into 2018. Um, You guys have great teaching at this church. I'm sure you know that. So um, feel free to extend some grace to us this morning. And if you, you know, have some critiques, maybe don't tell us right away. Um, (laughs) So um, we just want to welcome you to this morning talking about the greater call. And the big idea that the three of us want to share today is that God's call on our lives invites us to something greater. I'm going to speak about a greater significance. Greg's going to speak about a greater love. And Ryan's going to finish it off with a greater impact. And so I wanted to speak about a greater significance and the truth that the greatest gift we received, our redemption and restoration through the blood of Jesus, was for a significant purpose. It wasn't so we could live a morally right life, but it's for something very significant. It's to be part of God's vision for the restoration of all people, tribes, and tongues to himself, the restoration of humanity and into a new reality. And so being part of a church that talks about releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth, that kingdom of heaven is full of so many different people. And that each of us in our lives and in Airdrie and in the region that we find ourselves and our spheres of influence get to interact with that significant vision all the time. And so I want to give some thoughts and share a bit of my experience of seeing this grander vision for God restoring all people's tribes, tongues, and nations to himself from a sort of a 10,000-foot view and how actually being part of that just requires a simple yes and some simple steps in our everyday life. So the verse that I want to speak out of this morning is in John 15, verse 16. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn there. I'm going to read it aloud just now. Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So I'm just going to break that verse down into a few key phrases this morning. And the first being Jesus' words, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. God chose us and appointed us. And the definition of appointed um, that I found on the internet, the all-knowing source of information, said that appointed means decided on beforehand or designated. 
So in fact, God chose us and actually designated us to be part of his grander vision. And in fact, the thing that qualifies us to participate in that is our salvation. It's not our skills or our ability or education. It's our salvation. It's knowing that we are beloved children of God. That qualifies us to be part of his significant vision. That vision is to bring all nations of humanity to himself. And this vision for all people to come to know God is given in the Old Testament, seen in Jesus' ministry when he ministered to all types of people, Jews and Gentile, even apart from the Holy Land, given as an appointment to us in the Great Commission, and finally as a picture of what the kingdom of God looks like in heaven. And one of the first glimpses of God's missional heart is in what God gave to Abraham in Genesis 12, verses 1 to 2. God said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. That call given to Abraham applies to us. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed by our relationship with Jesus and knowing him as our Savior and Lord, and that allows us to be a blessing. We're appointed, we're designated to bring that good news and that great joy to everybody. And everybody literally means everybody. It means all nations, all peoples, all tribes and all tongues. And Jesus emphasizes this in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So not only is it a call to go, but it's also a promise that God will be with us. And Greg's going to get a chance to talk about that a little bit later. And finally, this picture of all nations being restored to God himself is in Revelation 9, verse 9. It's the kingdom of God. After this I looked, John said, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. So God's strategy for fulfilling this redemptive purpose on earth, to be a blessing to others and to reach the nations, is given to us. He's appointed us, designated us as his chosen human agents to fulfill his missional heart for the nations and for humanity. Now, this invitation and challenge may seem a little bit big. The weight of this vision might seem too large, or maybe you think I'm flying a little too high in the sky, just putting a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> well, that's not what it is. Uh, the reality is, is God is bringing nations to us. God is bringing people to us. And so we have a call to go that Jesus gave us in the second part of that verse 16. It says, go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. The nations are in our workplaces. They're in our neighborhoods. They're on our soccer teams and in the grocery store and in our city and our region. That there are people from nations who are not able to receive the gospel in a conventional way, but they're coming to Calgary. They're working with us. They're with us in our community associations. In fact, the nations are all around us. And I think that sometimes we think to be part of influencing the world and, and being part of this significant vision of seeing all nations and all humanity restored to God, one must go global. And as someone who's gone global, yes, sometimes God calls you to do that. But God's way is to have all believers influence wherever they are. That starts in our family and in our communities in our larger region, and in our society. And collectively, the body of Christ together, we will influence the whole world for him. So 
in Jesus' command to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, there's this reality that wherever we are, God has something very vital going on. But the question is, do we see it? Do we see going and bearing fruit in the place where we're at? Or do we think that the place where we're at is barren? It can't bear any fruit. The reality is, is we can change our perspective, like Romans 12 verse 2 says. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can discern what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And in fact, his significant mission and his significant will is to see all people restored to himself. So if we can renew our mindset about seeing where we are with what God's given us and using it to its full potential, we can see what he's doing and how our ordinary lives, or what we deem ordinary, can intersect with his significant vision. Um, as Sandy so generously mentioned um, in that little bio, I just spent the last two years in South Africa, which is why I'm irrationally angry with how cold it is today. It's freezing. Um, and during those two years, I had the opportunity to be with a people group that God loves, the Zulu Nation, and um, seeing God do some incredible things. And I felt God call me to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And in that context, that looked like building relationship. And sometimes that looked like God prompting me through the power of Holy Spirit to pray for people, um, for bondage that they may be experiencing, whether that's the um, sort of spiritual bondage of past beliefs or that is the poverty that's around them or relational brokenness. And God does supernatural things. Um, when we are open to what he wants us to do. But also, sometimes living our ordinary life is a, a really high testimony. Sometimes the most transformational thing you can do is be in a place. Be yourself as you are in a particular place and time with what God's given you. Um, the most transformational thing I did when I was in South Africa was having people at my house. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> um, it was a very simple thing, opening my home, making bread with my friends, running with them twice a week, helping them with their gardens. When they were encouraging me when I was leaving, those were the things that they talked about. And that's not to say that being part of God's supernatural work isn't an incredibly exciting concept, and God wants to call us to greater works and greater impact, like Ryan's talking about. But I just would encourage you to renew your heart and mind for God's significant vision for the nations that he's bringing to us in Airdrie and to our region and how living our ordinary life and opening our homes and giving of our time and some of our resources allows us to participate in that. It's a very simple yes and some very simple steps. And the last part of verse John, uh, John 15, verse 16, excuse me, um, talks about how we can do this. God's chosen us and appointed us, so go and bear fruit. That's, that's a high command and a high calling, but this is the good news. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. What a relief. <laughs> we don't have to do it all by ourselves. And in Ephesians 3.20, it talks about, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. So whatever we ask for him to have a renewed mindset for the people that might be around us in our communities um, and in our cities. If we ask for that renewed perspective, what he has in mind is guaranteed far greater and far better than the options we set before him or our ideas of what interacting with his significant vision looks like. So my hope for all of us in 2018 is that once we have a renewed perspective to see how God is bringing all people groups to us, 
we have a role to play in this significant vision. We can commit what he may ask of us to him and believe that our simple steps will be transformed to far more than we can ask or imagine and participating in God's vision to see all people come to himself. So I'm looking forward to hearing more of what it means to answer this greater call through experiencing and receiving a greater love and also understanding what it means to have a greater impact. So give it up for Greg and Ryan as they come to share. Yeah. Wow. So awesome, Nicole. Thank you so much for painting that picture so vividly that we are called to a life of significance. And that's really rooted in our identity as kingdom people, isn't it? We get to see ourselves as someone God is using in this world. Thank you so much. Well, next coming up is Greg Wimmer. And uh, Greg and his wife Janelle are a very key part of our church, core members here. Uh, They have three beautiful daughters. And they are on a journey with God, answering his call into their lives. So recently, uh, Greg has um, stepped out of full-time work. And now he's in full-time studies at Vanguard College. He's uh, in a biblical studies and theology degree program. And uh, it's a time of hearing from the Lord. What are you doing in our lives? And you've probably seen this guy many times. He's often on our worship team up here on the platform playing guitar. Or he's on the ministry team here praying for people at the front. He's been involved as a young adult leader in our church. And he's moving in the prophetic and healing ministries in a great way. Let's give it up for Greg Greg Wimmer as he comes up here to share. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Oh, man, this is good. Hello. Am I on? Yeah, there we go. So I was talking to Nicole between services, and she said I could have 45 minutes. So um, thank you, Nicole. No, I'm totally just kidding. I know you'd starve if that happened. Um, But some of you guys may be like, man, who is this guy? And you're absolutely right. I am just a guy. Um, honestly, but like, I'm a guy that's on a journey and, uh, like many of you are also on a unique journey. Uh, my journey is also unique. And, um, there's just this one truth though that I've like really grabbed a hold of and that's, I'm a son and he's my dad. And I am called, um, by my dad to not only learn how to, uh, receive love, but to give love away. And it's through that receiving of love that I can give love away. And, Friends, this is only um, really, I guess, like a revelation to me within the last, like, three years. Um, But I just want to encourage you for a moment. And this is just kind of touching on what Nicole had talked about, that um, in God's kingdom, no one is insignificant. But our roles are going to be different, okay? And the world needs us to um, unite under Christ as the head, as the body, and to give them the demonstrations of love that they're, they're just, and the hope that they're so hungry to, to have, right? And if there's one thing that I, I kind of want you to take away from uh, the time that I have with you is that there is a greater call for you guys to, and for me, uh, this is, I'm preaching more to me than I am for, to anyone else here, um, to receive God's love, the Father's love, so that we can give love away. And we actually need to become love. Um, no matter where you're at, the time is right now, today. Um, I was, I, I'll just to share, I wish I had more time to share more of my story, but I was a backslidden, um, frustrated, uh, burnt out Christian just full of addiction. 
And I didn't understand what a relationship with Jesus was about. See, I knew God here, but I didn't know him here. And through a series of events about three years ago, um, in, it ended up in a May, I remember that distinctively, was that I just got um, on my knees in a, in a field at Big Springs Park, and I said, Jesus, God, I don't know what it means to be a Christian, but there has to be more to life than playing video games and waiting for you to come and rescue me out of this world. And the Lord just said in that, I just felt uh, this impression in my heart that just is like, Greg, you need to be filled with my spirit. I was like, what does that mean? Because I, I, I knew I, I had the Holy Spirit, but he says, you know, you need to be filled with the spirit um, because there is an infilling, yes, um, for, for guiding, and that's for me, but there's also a coming upon of the Holy Spirit, and that's for others. And he said, Greg, you're going to have to pick up your sword. I was like, well, what do you mean, God? And I don't know about any of you guys, but I was a Christian that laid my sword on the mantle of hopelessness, walked away, and I said, to hell with this world, to heaven with me, Lord Jesus, come rescue me. I'm ready. Right? So I had to go back to that mantle, and I had to pick up my weapon again, and I blew the dust off of it, and I opened it, and when I opened it, as the veil of religion was torn off my face, and the Holy Spirit illuminated the, this word, his God's words, in a whole new and fresh way. And I began to see a common theme is that um, God actually has a heart of love. And I'm actually supposed to have a part in this place. He's actually chosen us to, to partner with, to give love away to this world. So just a couple points I want to talk about. Uh, the first one that I, I would hope that you would come into this realization is that you are intensely loved by Father God. If you have your Bibles, open up to John 17 at verse 20. So here we have Jesus, um, and, and this is Jesus' prayer. And he's pray first he prays for himself, then he prays for his disciples, but then he prays for all believers. And so this is what Jesus says. He says, I do not pray for these alone, these being the current disciples, right? But also for those who will believe in me through their word. Well, what is their word? Well, it's the message about Jesus preached through these current disciples to future generations of disciples. So friends, do we agree that when Jesus says and is praying for those who will believe that he's actually praying for us right now? Yes? Amen. All right, go down to John 17, 23. So Jesus continues to pray. I and them, Jesus, and you and me, the Father, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me. Guys, here's the big truth. And have loved them as you have loved me. Okay? Message puts it this way. I and them, and you and me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness, and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me, and love them in the same way you have loved me. Did you catch that? Father God loves us with the same passion that he loves Jesus. Right? Father God loves you. He loves me with the same passion that he loves Jesus. This, is, this was transformational for me. Right? Because with this understanding of, of this love, and I know at first, like, you, you're probably like me. I was like, man, are you sure, Jesus? Like, like, you and the Father, you guys have, like, well, you guys have kind of, like, been together for, like, forever. Um, like, are you, 
are you sure that, like, I can, I can be, like, are you sure about this? And Jesus is like, Greg, I died for you. Get over here. It's like, group hug, woo, right? So I want you to just come into this, uh, um, just this realization and, and this truth that the Father loves you with the same intensity that he loves Jesus. And he's pleased with you no matter where you're at. The second thing I just want to touch on is love the great command and the great commission. So just a couple uh, chapters back in, in John, cha- John chapter 15 at verse 10. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. His greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, Jesus had a, there's a lot of commandments, right? One being going, going, bear, going to bear fruit, right? Um, but for me, I was like, I, I felt that there, we had talked about, the church talks about the great commandment, great commission. And there's a difference. So I'm like, what does the great commandment say? Well, that's found in Matthew twenty two thirty six. And a Pharisee asked Jesus this, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. This is just my opinion. Um, I could be wrong. But I feel like the church often really emphasizes the Great Commission, right? Great Commission being, go, we go, therefore, into the nations to disciple them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I know in my experience, I feel pressure from that. It's like, okay, I have to go, like, I have to go and I have to get people to pray prayer and I have to, I have to get them into this kingdom. I have to disciple them and... and it feels like works, right? It feels like I'm, I, you know, you're working for God's love, right? You're working for something. And when actually, if we maybe shift our focus back to the great commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, he will begin to show you powerful truths about his nature and his heart and his actual love for this world, right? So as that as the commandment, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, is, is kind of brought back into focus and perspective, the commission will actually just naturally flow out as a byproduct, right? Because you're going to begin to receive that love so you can give that love away. You won't be able to help yourself. So, guys, practically, like, what does this look like? For me, like, I've spent the last two years in here just pouring, memorizing truths implanted in my heart. And, and it's not out of a pressure, right? It's not like, oh, I have to read, you know, five chapters today and five chapters tomorrow. Man, I, I've, I was encouraged by speakers that have said that, you know, I actually spent a year in this book. And I'm like, why didn't I think of that? I thought I had to go through this. No, it's like, it's, it's picking something to focus on. And it's where you're at in your journey. You know, what, what is it that you need um, right now in your walk with Jesus, and that's what you focus on, right? And that's what I did. And through that, I just learned, and I'm continuing to learn to be loved by him so that I can give love away. And I guess what that would look like in, I guess, just everyday life was um, just a couple months ago, I, was, uh, I took my work truck, 
And yes, I'm on work time, I know, but I'm also about my father's business. And in uh, this workshop that we were in, I, I had to get a, a GPS upgraded in this truck, in my work truck. And so um, I'm just sitting in their lunchroom watching the prices right, because they said it'd only take an hour. And I was like, man, I've watched prices right forever. This is awesome. Anyway, uh, I have this uh, man that walks in. Uh, he's a little bit old, probably in his 60s or so. And, you know, just naturally uh, love flowing out of me is just like, hey, man, how are you? Right? And he's like, hey, uh, I'm great. Actually, I'm not really that great. My back hurts. My knees hurts. I'm like, man, this is our first conversation. Like, the first words out of his mouth are what's, what's wrong, with, like, what's going on um, in his life right now. I'm like, oh, man, that's terrible. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, you want me to pray for this guy, don't you? And uh, he's like, yeah, okay. So I'm waiting for the, the right opportunity to pray for him, right? Because I'm like, oh, man, oh, now another guy walks in. And I was like, oh, I can't do it now. And then the guy left, and I actually thought I had lost the opportunity to pray for him. Um, but then as I was leaving, I was started to walk out of the service van, I, I saw him, I said, hey, see a friend, and I kept walking, and I actually got in my truck, and I was sitting in my truck, I was like, oh no, God, you want me to pray for him, shut it off, get out of, out of my truck, walk awkwardly back, and I was like, hey, can I use your bathroom, they're like, oh yeah, right over there, so <laughs> I like walk in, look in the mirror, wash my hands, but it was in that moment that I just felt God say, Greg, all heaven is behind you, and I was like, whoa, okay, that's profound, so I walk out, and I was just like, I walked over to the guy, I said, hey friend, I was just like, Man, listen, like you're telling me all these things that were, that were wrong in your body. And I was just like, man, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. And uh, Jesus is in the business of healing. Can I pray for you? Guys, I have not, I was turned down maybe twice out of all the people that I've, I've asked to pray for. People are so hungry and just want just a demonstration of love, right? And so I placed my hands on his knees and I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this man. I thank you for his knees that they'd be healed in Jesus' name. He's your son, God. You love him. Amen. That's it. And he's like, wow, thanks, man. I'm like, well, get up. Try it out. <laughs> so the guy gets up out of his chair, and he starts to walk, and he turns, and he walks down the length of his truck, and he walks back, and he's like, man, what the blankety blank? What did you do? And I'm like, man, I didn't do anything. Man, that's Jesus. He just loves you. He touched your knees. He's healing you. All right, bless you, sir. Have a nice day. <laughs> and I walked back to my truck, right? See, when you're under pressure from the commission, you feel like you have to always go for, like, the kill, right? Like, I got to get him to pray a prayer now. But no, in the commandment, out of love, receiving love, and just loving this man, you're just sowing seeds, right? And the Holy Spirit, he's a way better evangelist than I'll be. And now this man has to get in his truck and process in his head, man, there's this Jesus, and my knees feel really great. What is happening? So, friends... In 2018, I, I honestly pray, I pray for myself and I pray for you that we would just come into that revelation of how intensely we are loved by Father God so that we can receive that love and give it away to everyone that we encounter. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Give it up for Greg. Wow. So awesome. So awesome. That call upon our lives from God takes us to significance and into a greater love. And uh, we really see that being lived out in Greg and Janelle. I forgot to mention earlier that just recently, Greg stepped out of his job. He quit his job to pursue full-time studies in a Christian college to get a degree as they're preparing for God's call in their future. Isn't that awesome? We, we just love you guys. We love what God's doing in you. 
you're blazing a trail for many, many, many people. Thank you for doing that. Well, there's one more speaker we have here to share with us this morning. His name is Ryan Isfeld, and Ryan is uh, finishing up this, uh, this spring, his third year uh, at Bible College in Haverhill, Massachusetts. He's at North Point Bible College, which is a great ministry school. Uh, Marianne and I visited it there uh, when, we, uh, when we dropped Ryan off first year and uh, said goodbye to him. And he's home for uh, a break before he goes back. And he's in a program a lot like Greg. It's a, it's a biblical studies theology program to prepare him for pastoral ministry and the future that God has for him. And uh, he is one of our sons. And so we miss him like crazy when he's away. And we pray for him and think of him all the time, Skype and FaceTime to stay in touch. But he's home for a while. And uh, what I love about him is just that he is he's fearless. And I, I'm like, how did you become like this? He's been traveling the world in years past, and now God has led him into the U.S. And uh, his ministry experience includes things like youth ministry, young adults, uh, worship team. And then this summer, he had a crazy internship in Albany, New York, uh, in the hood, ministering to street people. And if you want to hear about that, you've got to just go to touch base with him. We're so excited that he's here. Let's welcome Ryan Isfeld here as he brings the message. All right. All right. Thank you, Dad. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, thank you, everyone. It's, it's such an honor to be with you today. This is my church home. No matter how far away I go, this is where it all began. This is where my journey of faith started. And, uh, you know, no, undoubtedly, someone, mark my words, someone after service is going to come up to me and say, oh, you look just like your dad, or you sound like him, or you're carrying on the family business. And I'll smile and nod at you politely as best I can. Uh, but my, my heart is never to, has never been to follow my dad's footsteps as as awesome of an example my parents have set. I, I'm so thankful for that. But really, I've, they never put ministry on me. That was never something they expected of me. Uh, that was something I felt called to. Um, I never wanted to, to be a pastor. I never wanted to pursue that. When I was 17 years old, um, I had a powerful encounter, and God spoke to me and basically told me that I was going to set my, my life apart to that, to, to become a pastor. And that you know, and I haven't looked back from it since that day, and it uh, hasn't always been easy, but that's the journey I've been on, and I'm so grateful to share with you today, my first time on a Sunday morning here at my home church. So, I want to just build on everything that's been said already. Um, I think we're all really saying the same thing, is that God's call is for something so much more. There is there's so much more for all of us, no matter where we are. Everyone is significant. There's something we can all do to serve the kingdom. So I'm speaking about a greater impact. And when you hear the word impact, what comes to mind? Me, I, I kind of think of a bulldozer plowing through a forest, leaving a trail behind. Uh, or I think of like the NHL, like an open ice hip check where the guy just gets taken right out, right? Or a Conor McGregor drop kick, like to the face. You know, that's an impact. <laughs> Visuals, all right. Uh, you know, an impact, my own definition is is kind of like a, a powerful collision of force that leaves a, a lasting effect, and it can't be undone. And I believe God calls each one of us to make an impact on the world we live in, and he calls us to do that by empowering us with his presence. See, Jesus doesn't call us to just sit around and be comfortable and 
uh, just keep all the, all the love, all the goodness to ourselves, like Greg was saying. No, he, he fills us to spill us, if you will. That's, that's what I've heard. And, you know, we're all called to make a greater impact. So we're all in, in the, the upper room discourse. I'm in John chapter 14, if you want to turn there, verse 12. We all thought, you know, it's, it's Jesus' last words to his disciples before he goes and, and is crucified. And we thought it would be some last good words for a great year. So John 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. There's a lot here in this, this verse. Notice right off the bat he says, truly, truly. Other translations might say, amen, amen, or most assuredly, I say to you. There's only a handful of times where Jesus says this. And it, he's basically saying, hey, listen up. This one's important. Everything else he says is, is really important too. But this one, he's like, he's making it obvious. He's like a slow pitch in this one. <laughs> like, write it down, star it, underline it, all caps. This one is, this is big. This is a promise, a guarantee, something we can bank on. And if we had to do a, a top five list of all of Jesus' promises, you know, that uh, we'll be, that there's salvation, that we'll be saved, that we will dwell with God forever, that he will never leave us, you know, this is kind of like one of those top five promises, I think. The promise that those who believe will do even greater works than Jesus. Let's unpack that promise to see what it means for us. Like, first of all, we need to, we need to kind of figure out what were these works that Jesus did when he said, you will do greater works than me. Well, like, the verse right before it gives us a clue. John fourteen eleven. it says, Believe me, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So clearly, the works he was talking about, it had to be something that could be seen, something observed, something that you could see and you could know that man is from God because of the works he is doing. And what were these works? I think many of us know them. He healed the sick. There were miracles. There were demons cast out. There were crazy stories. There were times where he taught with truth and authority, and he made disciples and sent them out to do the same. But if these are the works that Jesus did, what exactly does it mean when it says that we can do even greater works? It definitely can't mean better works. We can't be better than Jesus. Some people seem to think they can, and they are what I call wrong. Uh, We can't be better than Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. But what we can do, we can do more works. We can go above and beyond what Jesus began. If you think about it, Jesus, when he was here, he was one man. He was limited by time and location. And in terms of distance, he never traveled farther than, say, from Calgary to Lethbridge. He did a a side trip to Banff once, but he didn't go as far as Edmonton. (laughs) He was one person. He was limited. He was confined. He was all-powerful, all-knowing God. But he humbled himself and lived as a man, relying on the power of the Spirit. The next thing Jesus said is that he was going to the Father. And that was the reason we could do greater works. He said, because I am going to the Father. This meant he was returning to heaven, his, his realm, his home. And from there, he would pour out the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about the power of the Spirit in just a minute. But I like to think of it this way. If we think of 
the kingdom of heaven, if we think of the universal church as a corporation, Jesus is like the CEO, founder, president, the entrepreneur. He got the ball rolling. He, he set the vision. He set the standards. He built the prototype in one location. And then he went up to corporate office up in heaven so that he could kind of oversee the whole operation. And from there, he could enable us with his resources to go out and make it a franchise, right? That's kind of his plan. He empowered the disciples to go out and make a greater impact. And he didn't send them out in their own strength. He said, just a few verses after, John 14, 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Acts 1.8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to do all the works that he did. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that empowers us and indwells us. The word helper, it's really the English word helper, is kind of a lame word to describe the Holy Spirit. He's, yes, he helps us. He's so much more than a helper. He equips us. He empowers us. He makes us bold. He gives us courage. And even at times, he gives us the words to say. And that's just what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon them in Acts chapter 2. They were in the upper room, and on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit empowered the disciples that were there. And what happened? Greater works, right? They preached boldly. People were healed. Signs and wonders accompanied the preaching of the word. Crazy things were happening. They were doing all that Jesus had done. And then they took the gospel to Europe, to Asia, to Africa, places Jesus had never set foot in. Fast forward 2,000 years, here we are in Airdrie. We are a continuation of that movement. We are a part of that greater work. I love hearing about this church, even from far away in Boston. Every month or so, I'll hear updates like, so-and-so got healed, or so-and-so had a breakthrough or a provision, or all these awesome things are happening. It's just so encouraging, and I'm so proud to call this place my home. We're really stepping into what God has for us here. In my own life, in the last few years, I've seen God do incredible things. I've seen, I've, I've been so blessed to, to witness the things I've, I've witnessed. I'd, I'd probably say if I could put a number on it, maybe about a hundred confirmed healings that I've, I've seen with my own eyes. And maybe about a quarter of those I've been involved to pray with that person, that, to see them be healed. It's just, it's, my faith has grown. I wasn't always like that. There were times when I, I doubted that God could, could heal. I doubted that, that miraculous things could happen. I've seen the hardest hearts turn to Christ against all odds. I've seen manifestations of the demonic forces submit and break in the name of Jesus. Guys, this stuff is, this stuff is real. It took me a while to, to, to get that, but this stuff is real. And some of you might be thinking, that's great for you, Ryan. You're off at Bible college. You're doing all that. But I'm here. I'm working nine to five. And I'm not seeing these things. Friends, I'm not telling you this to discourage you. I'm telling you this to encourage you that there is more. There, these greater works, they weren't just for a few people way back when on the other side of the world. The kingdom of heaven is both here and now and all around us. Kind of like Greg's story, praying for healing one of the most powerful healing stories I've experienced happened at the workplace when I was doing construction in Calgary. 
2016, there was an, uh, a guy professing, a professing atheist who I was working with, and um, I, I really felt in my, in my spirit that God wanted to do something in this guy's life. And um, I said, okay, Lord, you, you lead, you show me an opportunity, I will be, I will be uh, available and I'll walk in it if, if you present that opportunity. And the opportunity came and uh, the guy had horrible arthritis, he was in pain 24-7. And uh, you know, I, I humbly witnessed to him, told him my faith and my experience and I asked if I could pray for him. And he, he said yes, like crazy, like he's an atheist, but yeah, he, he was fine with me to pray for healing. People are hungry for this, you guys. And so I did, and, and he, he didn't feel pain. And the next day, he came in again. He said he still didn't feel pain. He couldn't believe it. He had been healed, but he, I don't even know if he received it from God or not. It was really, it's sad, but that's a big seed planted, and I trust that God will, will work on him. But you see, guys, God can use us anywhere, anytime, any one of us. Don't limit yourself. Everyone is significant. Everyone has a sphere of influence that we, that we can reach. One more thing, I want to touch on Ephesians 2.10. It says that God has prepared good works for us in advance that we should walk in them. I think we could almost put in that the greater works Jesus was talking about into Ephesians 2.10, that there are, there are works, there are greater works that God will, when we avail, make ourselves available, we can walk in them and see the kingdom here on earth. One of those stories, you know, sometimes... As Nicole was saying, sometimes the greatest works start in seemingly ordinary situations. And it's, it's incredible to see what God can do when you invite the extraordinary God into ordinary life. It was my second year at Bible college. It was the beginning of a, of a semester. And uh, I, was, I was just hungry. I was just ready for God to do whatever he would want to do in my life. And one night, there was a... Uh, I, I just felt just the Lord telling me to go to this prayer chapel. We have a little prayer chapel, stained glass building that you can go in and, and pray in. And I went there, and I didn't see anyone. I didn't hear anyone. And I felt the Lord tell me to go up a side door to another part of the room. And, and I went up, and there was, there was a young guy sitting on a pew, and he was crying quietly. He was distressed and discouraged. And you see, he had, he had enrolled at Bible college, and he, had, he didn't know what he was doing there. He didn't, his faith was shaky. He didn't know what he believed anymore. He didn't know why he was there. He didn't know what God had for him. And I'll tell you, it wasn't me that was really speaking to him. I, I couldn't, I can't remember the words I said to him, but I believe that the, the Spirit used me to, to minister to this guy, and to encourage him, to pray with him. He rededicated his life to Christ. He, you know, that, that started a, a change for him, and, you know, to this day, we're amazing friends, and to see what God is doing in this guy's life is incredible. That's a, a greater work. And I, I just pray that we don't miss those, the ones that God has prepared for us to do. So guys, this, this next year, 2018, I want to challenge us to ask the Holy Spirit to empower us so that we can make a greater impact. In whatever circle of influence we have, that we can step out and do the greater works, even greater than, than Jesus did because he empowers us. So let's, let's look for the opportunities. Let's ask for boldness. It takes a lot of boldness. I know that. There, there are times when I, I do get afraid. My dad said I'm fearless. 
I, I don't feel that every day. I really don't. Um, but the Spirit makes me bold. He makes me brave. And so, I challenge you. Invite the Holy Spirit to empower you. To, to show you the Father's heart, His greater love, and to show you that you are significant wherever you are. Watch what He will do in your life. Thank you so much. So awesome. Worship team, come on up. Yeah, you guys want to stand up here with me? Wow, what a special day this is. We are all called to the kingdom. Amen? We're all called to the kingdom. And that kingdom is advancing. That kingdom is expanding right here and right now. And, you know, as we were meeting here and praying in the sanctuary yesterday, uh, Nicole, Greg, and Ryan and myself, we had a sense that this was a special Sunday, that God was actually going to be revealing himself to people in special and new ways. And I believe that that has been happening here this morning. So we're going to sing a song together. And I want to invite you to just really go there in your faith and go there in your heart and say yes to whatever God is saying to you in your life. The kingdom is open and it's moving and we are part of it. And I do believe that this is a kingdom moment for us right now. So here's, here's the echo of what you've heard today. I want to challenge you today to say no to fear, no to complacency, and no to excuses and say yes to the kingdom of God. And whatever that kingdom call is upon your life, to respond to it with all of your heart. I'm going to invite you to come up to the front and stand here. Yes, on this day, December 31st, on a cold day, if God is touching your heart and you want to nail something down because he's been speaking to you, you come right up here to the front and stand here and sing with us as a way of saying, God, I'm open to everything that your call requires of me in this life. And then later on, we'll have some prayer time as well, but I invite you to respond. Take this moment.